Alright, hello and welcome to Film Narc. Uh, I'm Corey, as you heard in the intro. I'm Chris. And uh, we're going to be talking to you guys today about a variety of things. This is our very first episode, so it's something to be pretty excited about. Um, it's not like other first episodes. Like in, we'll just say there's an outer space movie series where there was a first episode and it wasn't very good. We're not here to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was as vague as possible. It's the first episode, but it's going to be good, basically, is what you're saying. That's the short version. Okay. Um, I think I kind of followed that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they understood as well. Yeah. Oh, totally. We're all on the same page here. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, first things first, one thing I really wanted to talk about with you is I started thinking about movies today and about all the trailers that are coming out because recently it was announced that um, in autumn, pretty vague, I'm guessing by the end of the month, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, which is going to be one of the biggest movies of this year and probably of all time, um, is going to be coming out and they're going to be releasing supposedly an official trailer. So the first time we actually get to see some story um, and a little bit more to the movie, because right now we know nothing. So we're getting another trailer? And not just like a leaked, but like a full... Like a full thing with some plot to it and some speaking. So that's kind of the rumor that's going out right now from some reliable sources out there. So I started thinking, is there any more film curiosity? Uh, What I mean by that is there are a lot of trailers coming out from movies, and a lot of movies are kind of, honestly, uninspired. Uh, They're pretty straightforward, and you get everything in those trailers. So when you go and you sit down and you watch a movie, at the end you're like, yeah, that's that's what I was expecting. Um, Has there been anything recently that you've seen that either falls in line with that or doesn't fall in line with that? Um... Uh... Okay, so movies that give too much away in the trailer. Uh, Avengers Two was a little bit that way. Okay. Uh, Age of Ultron, you kind of, you knew who the enemy was, who was playing him, most of the plot of the movie, um, and so when you actually went and saw it, you you knew what was coming. There weren't any surprises. Like, oh, okay. uh, same yeah, way yeah. with uh, um. The the most recent Fast and Furious Seven. Really, any Fast and the Furious. Yeah, <laughs> they have, they do all pretty... the main, um, all the primary action sequences in the in the trailer, so you know what you're going to see. You know it's coming. Uh, I hate when they do that. It's it's like upsetting in action movies um, because there's no you know you're not surprised by anything. But yeah. I, the thing that bothers me the most is when they do it with comedies, and I really saw that with like Dumb and Dumber Two. Where that was a movie that I was actually pretty excited to see, just mm. because it's Dumb and Dumber, and I feel like they didn't do a very good job with it, and that that trailer had like all the funniest parts in it, which they yeah. I feel like that's really common. All the funny parts are in the trailer, so you go and see this comedy, expecting the whole movie to be funny, and realize that you already saw everything that's going to make you laugh in the movie. Yeah. So, um, I'd say that there is hope out there because there have been a couple movies that I've seen that I totally thought was going one direction and then it was either deeper or it switched it up on me. John Wick with Keanu Reeves. Uh, we saw that we movie saw that, together. Yeah. 
Um, once you went into that hotel and they really established the underground system of assassins that they have there, that was crazy. That was a lot more depth. The than gold what I coins, was going to be. the hotel. I really like the guy. The guy from Fringe who plays like the host of the hotel. He like you know kind of sucked you into the whole world as well, and I, I really like that. That was kind of the most. That was something that you had no idea that was in the movie, and actually one of the more like compelling things about the plot, um, yeah. and something that makes me really excited to see the sequel because they're they're making a sequel, which is good. Thank goodness. one of the rare sequels that I'm actually looking forward to. Yeah, uh, it doesn't feel like they're making a sequel to just make a sequel. Right. I mean, the movie had an ending. Part of that is because it was it's a recent movie, like, and it was an original movie, mm. and a lot of the sequels are like reboots or um, remakes of older movies or like sequels to movies that have been out like they did uh, Anchorman 2 recently yeah. and that you know that movie was what there was like 10 years between the first one and mm. the second one so that helps too so it's a recent movie and it's like oh they're doing a sequel now because it it has called for a sequel because the first one was really good and better than people expected and it yeah. did better than people expected so yeah yeah, and you know, it doesn't fall into that trap that I think Anchorman 2 and I'd say Dumb and Dumber 2 falls into with all that space and time. I mean, you wind up coming up with an original comedy, an original concept for both of those movies, yeah. which were basically landmark comedies. Yeah. If you would have taken those sequels and released them maybe a year after those first ones came out, probably would be getting a lot better reception. Yeah. And not so much like, a, oh, we really got to follow the same footprints that the other movie did just to make sure people feel like it's staying tuned to part, it. Part of that is is that there is a huge cult following with those yeah. movies. It's and they built a legacy. They had no idea how big they were going to become. Yeah. And it got to the point where they were like, oh, well, we have to do a sequel. And that was the same with both of those movies. Far more with Dumb and Dumber because mm -hmm. there was a lot more time in between. Yeah. And Dumb and Dumber was, a, I think, a bigger movie. Um, a little bit just there's like a you know a classicness and yeah. the, part of it is that that's what makes it so difficult to remake movies like that is mm -hmm. at, at this point they're almost sacred and so you try and remake those but that's a whole nother topic altogether one of the movies that really surprised me uh, this year where I really didn't know what I was getting into didn't know what I was seeing that I thought was really good was Me, Earl and the Dying Girl I hadn't even seen a trailer for it I hadn't heard of the movie it didn't have a lot of publicity it didn't have a lot of commercials or airtime that I know of yeah maybe we were just like dark to that because I didn't even really see a whole lot about it I right. heard I, just I, kind of second I didn't even hear I didn't even know it existed until it was in theaters and then my friend was like hey I heard this is good and I it was it was it was really good it was uh, uh, one of the better movies this year, and it totally took me by surprise. I didn't see it coming. So but the title was... didn't ruin it for you? No. You're like, oh, there's <laughs> a guy named Earl which is dying because they kind of give it away. But when you see the movie, <laughs> there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of just genuine, like, heartfelt, like, storyline and acting that they did. That and, and it just has this attitude in the movie, this kind of feel, this spirit to it that yeah. you, you couldn't... You couldn't expect another movie that I was thinking about is uh, Inside Out. Um, I feel like mm. you knew what you were getting into with the previews, but you, they didn't show that much of the movie, and a lot of the more clever things they held back. Mm. So they did kind of a good job. Uh, sort of like I feel like a lot of Christopher Nolan movies do a good job keeping just enough mystery. So you see enough to get you really intrigued, like with Inception. But mm. then when you actually go and see the movie, there's so much more. 
so I think some people are still doing previews right, but I think I think it's a good point that a lot of time we know what we're getting into and they give too much away and it kind of ruins it. Yeah. Uh, do you have any specific specific movies that where they really show too much in the trailer? Uh, Space Jam. Because watching it, I was like, well, this is just a bunch of jams in space. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> um, so no, that was uh, in the title. <laughs> it's kind of like Return of the King. You like you? Yeah. That, oh, like, the King returns. <laughs> that's everything that happens. Yeah, turn it off. It's in the title. That was really funny. I was thinking. That's why I'm not looking forward to Macbeth and Castaway. <laughs> they show that he gets off the island in the trailer. Yeah, which was ridiculous because if they didn't show that, it would have been a lot more interesting. Um, uh, I think they showed a little bit too much in a similar vein in Captain Phillips with that trailer because yeah. you, you knew like Titanic. I, that, how cool would that movie? was if... totally ruined yeah. for me. Spoiler: <laughs> the the ship sinks. Uh, Spoiler alert. Uh, one of the what was it? Um, it would have been really cool in Captain Phillips if you didn't know that like. The ship was going to get invaded by pirates, like you know, if it just if, like they could have played it that way, you know. And I feel like they should do that more often. Well, well, how many tickets do you think would actually sell for that movie? Is just him behind, like just like, <laughs> dude, it's Tom Hanks. It's like they Captain Phillips, Tom Hanks. That's it. If I know that Tom Hanks is going to be in a movie, I'm going to see that movie. I don't like even if it if I suspect it has no storyline at all. I mean, look at some of the movies that he like Philadelphia or um, what was it Terminal. Yeah, like a lot of Tom Hanks movies are really good, and they're about practically nothing. Yeah, like Philadelphia is about like a lawyer who has AIDS and is gay, but like that doesn't sound like a movie you'd want to see, and it's really good. Yeah, and then and uh, Terminal was basically the same movie as that. So. <laughs> well, the Terminal is just some guy in an airport. <laughs> like when you From think about the country. actual movie, it's like I'm not interested in that at all. But it's good because it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's true. Like if you pitch someone the idea of Terminal, have you seen Terminal? No. <laughs> Oh, it's really good. It's with Tom uh, Hanks. Well, what happens? Well, it's about a guy in an airport. Well, yeah, but what does he do? That's it. He's just That's in the airport. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, um. Oh, so one of my favorite things about previews uh, is when I go into the theater, and I go to the theater a lot. Mm. Uh, when I go to the theater. I uh, sometimes I'll be watching the previews and I'll get all excited because I like I like previews in the theater. I like it a lot more than previews somewhere else, yeah. you know. Um, but sometimes I totally forget what movie I'm watching, so I'll be watching the previews like, oh yeah, that looks good, you know, doing my thumbs up, thumbs you know, mm-hmm. down routine, watching all the previews, and then the I'll totally forget what movie I'm there to watch. Yeah, and then the like the feature presentation, I'll get, and I'll get this like whole new like excitement like. Oh yeah, I'm excited to see that. Like, <laughs> I just paid money. For like, I, get all, I get all excited about all these previews, and yeah. I forget that I'm actually there to see a movie that I'm really excited to see. Yeah, you know? and it's universal, right? That during the previews you do the whole. I hope so. I've seen more people do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it when There's they do. Always that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go with a group of friends, you have to be like, you have to give. Okay, thumbs where up, are we at down. before yeah. we get the feature presence? started. Let me just make sure we're on the same wavelength right. of movies yeah. so I don't <laughs> yell at you after this one. <laughs> um, the, I, uh, I'm, I always like the previews, though. I'm yeah. always really positive after a preview. I, it's really hard for me to... I'm, I'm usually like always thumbs up or thumbs sideways 
But a lot of movies I'm just not going to see because yeah. it, it's, it doesn't have that like X factor that makes me actually go see it. Giant hand. Um, wow. It's just big hand. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Forced perspective. Yeah. Um, Speaking of... I got a question for you. Yes. Have you ever sat in a movie theater, been watching the previews, and you're like, ah, sweet. So you're like, oh, these are awesome. And then the movie starts, and you're like, crap, I don't want to watch this movie. I'd rather watch one of the previews that I've seen. Um, that happened a lot more often when I had a girlfriend. Oh. And so I, like, she pulls me to the movies to see a movie that I don't want to see. Oh, okay. And then I see all these, like, previews where it's like, oh, you know, that movie, and I get kind of excited, mm. you know, and then I remember, oh, yeah, we're watching Flicka or something, you know? <laughs> it's just, like, the worst movie you could imagine, like, no guy wants to see. Yeah. I Honestly, I think Flicka specifically, that was an actual story, and I honestly think she took me to that just to, like, test my love for her. Oh. She was like... If he loves me, he'll see this test. stupid movie with me. <laughs> Let's see how much he likes me. <laughs> I don't think she even wanted to watch it. Oh, man. Um, during that movie, did you... I wonder if anyone's ever pulled this. Feel free to let us know in Facebook or anything like that if you've ever pulled this. I feel like no one has. But during the movie that you don't want to see with the girl, you're like, Oh, man, something I ate. I just feel really sick. Just wait here. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And you go and buy a ticket to another or movie just that you want to see, yeah. and just go to another one. Oh man! And that... then like come back towards the end of the other movie and be like, "Oh man, what I miss!" <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, flick is a horse. <laughs> well, if you did that, the only way that would work is if the movie you were seeing with your girlfriend that you didn't want to see was really long, and the movie that you was really short. In, yeah, because you'd have to be there for the beginning of the movie, and you'd have to be there for the end of the or movie. Or you could find some other just garbage movie that she wants to see and then finish the second half of the movie you wanted to see. Oh, that's true. Yeah, just do it in halves. Do it in halves. But I just... That would... I, I feel like you couldn't really... If you did that, there'd be no way of, like, actually convincing her that you didn't see another... Like, you know... I feel like that wouldn't be believable. I mean, you could maybe be like, man, I've got bowel issues and just pretend that you spent the whole time in the bathroom. But that's an... Even if you're really sick, like 45 (laughs) minutes to an hour in the bathroom is like a really long time. Yeah, you'd think like at the most halfway through the movie she'd be like, I really feel like I should check on you. Yeah, like you'd probably be getting like a bunch of phone calls. You might be dead. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, okay, well speaking of theaters and trailers and all that kind of stuff a lot of reports have kind of come out saying that um people going to the theaters is way less so they're kind of dying out so we see these reports of like the box offices being really huge but as we know i'm sure you guys know they are charging a huge amount for movie tickets so that kind of like but less people are actually going yeah um and yeah why is that, do you think? Do you think it has to do with the price of the ticket? Or? I honestly feel like it has to do with the price of the ticket as part of it. I mean, with technology nowadays, you can buy a 400-inch screen TV right. or a projector. And, and and the quality is often kind of better on those screens. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and we have personal, like, home-owned projectors now. Also, uh, it's so easy to rent movies. Yeah. You just sit at home and order it on your Comcast or your Netflix Phone or your... Yeah. Who's he, what's it? Or, or on Amazon, you just download movies. And so it's so easy to do that. So it's really easy to see movies at home. And the home viewing 
process is actually mm-hmm. really good because the screens are huge and HD. And well, you can see movie theaters trying to make up the difference. I mean, with the resurgence of 3D and having to go out there and see movies that are just flashing at your face. See, a lot of people don't like 3D. I really do. I like. I think 3D. it depends on the movie. Like, well, I wouldn't see Flicka in 3D. Well, I wouldn't see a lot of movies in 3D, but some people just don't like 3D in general. Yeah, that's true. I, I like 3D, um, but yeah, they they do it way too much. It's overused. Every movie comes out in 3D and standard, and there's just most movies don't. And it costs a lot more. <laughs> right, and most movies don't justify viewing in 3D. Yeah. It's like there's no reason to see almost any cartoon isn't worth seeing in 3D. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, Avatar, which is one of the first movies that really did 3D. That was incredible in 3D. Was really good in 3D. Yeah. It was totally really justified. Really and, and some of the more space movies that they've been coming out with are good yeah. in 3D, and, and, it, and it deserves to be in 3D, but most movies generally. I'm really excited to see The Walk. And the walk That's is like to be really good. In 3D. I've heard see it in IMAX or don't see it at all. I've heard it's way better 3D yeah. um, because of you know just the nature of the film. Um, one thing I absolutely hate about 3Ds are when people go into movies into making them and they're like, oh, we're going to do it 3D. Okay, so what kind of 3D things can we do? And people are like, oh, hey, can I borrow a pen? And they're like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Oh, I have to sneeze. Whoa! Achoo! (laughs) And it's just like, what are you doing? No, it wouldn't be the sneeze. It would be the the particles that fly into your face. Yeah, you're like, whoa, and then they're like, oh, gross. It's like on the screen. I cannot, I cannot stand it. Yeah, yeah. It drives me crazy. It's like, hey, everyone, look, this is in 3D. Isn't it cool? Yeah, I think uh, Monsters vs. Aliens, it came out in 3D. And I think there's a scene with like a paddleball game. The guy's like boring at the screen, and it's oh like super gosh. close. And yeah, oh, it just drives me up the wall. Yeah, I so cannot. That, that's stand not it. good, and that we don't need more of. And that's going to drive people away from the theaters in general. Because when you go to a 3D movie and you spend all that money, and it's not worth seeing in 3D, you know that you got ripped off, yeah. and that feeling is just like I'm not going to go to the theater again. I still think the theater is worth going to, mm. but I think they need to make changes. I think they need to have. Uh, I think they should decorate the theater for the big movie coming out. Uh, yeah. the, make it more. We have theme. a theater near where we live that used to do that, and I, I don't know if they still do, but it was mm. awesome. So, and like one of the things that a lot of theaters do that I think is good, but they should do more of, is like the little cardboard cutouts where you can take a picture. Yeah, it, it needs to be an event. You need to go to the movie theater and. Oh, let's all get our picture with the cardboard cutout of the mm-hmm. Jedi, or let's go, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, and then, if they lowered the price of the concessions, um, that would be a really good thing because people want to buy popcorn and buy soda when they go to the movies, and that makes it more fun. But you can't do it with a clear conscience because yeah. you know you're overpaying a thousand times. The reason that you go to a theater is just for that atmosphere, in my right. opinion. You walk in, you smell the popcorn, it's right. all a big to-do, there's giant screens everywhere, a huge lobby, you go in, and I feel like they could enhance it even more. I personally think, I'm kind of an old-school guy, I think they need to go back to like the old-fashioned style of theaters. Like, you got those big like cone lights like going up, a lot of gold... Lots of like so really decadent, um, yeah. More like velvet chairs rather than like uh, canvas, like lean back. But yeah, just have it really vintage inspired. Like I always go back to thinking of velvet ropes. 
uh, in like yeah. theaters, like kind of more of the place that you would go to see like a stand up, like a small stand up comedy show than a theater. Yes, like these old old theaters where you could do a play an or show or movie. Yeah, that would be sick. Balcony. If there were an upstairs for, in movie theaters. Like, that would be awesome and really fun. This this is how I think of it. Think of all the people crowding into the building to see King Kong in the movie King Kong. Right, right, right. Yeah, like those old-fashioned, just like, that's an event, man. Yeah, the, that kind of spectacle. theater. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I that mean, you even have, better. like, the big curtains and yep. then, like, all the lights surrounding Big, it. heavy like, curtains. Why not do that? Uh, that I mean, sick. with the big marquee outside, granted, this probably costs a lot on the electric. Have, have the people who work there <laughs> dress up a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, like oh, yeah. Old fashioned? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think little that's great. You walk into like one. Would make it really cool. You walk into a mall that has, like, a movie theater, and you're like, it feels a little like, well, you know, it's like. I'm just paying. You, you go to a dollar store, and you're like, oh, let's get some, like, pink and blue swirlies and circles, and yeah. we'll just put them on the wall. That'll look good. All right, what do those mean? I don't care. It just decorates it. Ten fifty for something that you could watch online for free. You know, that's that's kind of the world we live in now, yeah. and that's what makes it difficult. So you do need, yeah, they need to pump it up a little bit. I, I oh, go ahead. I think three D is a step in the right direction, but they're abusing it. Mm. Um, I think three D is one of the only things that you can only get in theater that you can't get at home, uh, and so that that's a good idea. But they need to. Not think about 3D when they make 4D. movies. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. I think they need to just stick with like, let's make a good movie, and hey, this would be good to watch in 3D. So let's release it in 3D as well. But that should be more of like a yeah. I think that would be a huge thing to go kind of old school and be like, hey, we as a family are going to see a movie. Yeah, like, that's that's really where you're gonna get date nights, movie, uh, you know, m- movie and dinner date nights, and like. The whole family, like, you know what? We're going to go see a movie today. That's that's what they need to be doing. And uh, that'll help. Yeah. Make, Make it, it an event. Institution. All right. Well, we're going to go to a short break. We'll be right back with you guys. Um, and then we have to make money, so we're gonna show you like a quick commercial so that we can kind of take a breather and then uh, we'll get right back with you. All right. See you in a bit. Hey, this is Chris from the Film Narc Podcast. Wanted to tell you guys about a new app that I'm really excited about. It's called Harp on Your Sleeve. The way it works as you pick is you pick an artist uh, to play the harp for any moment, and you pick the artist that just matches that moment, and they're waiting to play harp music for you on their harps. We got all the greatest art artists waiting, and the way it works is they're sitting in a barn. It's amazing, really nice barn. Uh, all the you know, all the waste is shoveled at least once a week, uh, I believe. I mean, they try to, and uh, just really nice. Everyone has a roof over their head. Everyone is fed, you know, twice a day, and they just wait for you to pick on, pick them, and then they play the harp for you, whatever the moment. You know, you pick the artist that you like the most. So someone that I've been listening to a lot lately is Most Art because he knows most of the artists that I want him to play. Uh, and it's just been great. So what you do is you go on, you download the app, obviously, and then you go on and you pick the artist that you want to play for that moment. Maybe you're studying, you know, doing a little bit of studying and you want to listen to some real good heart music uh, by Yo Mama. 
And uh, he just, you know, plays the harp and you listen to it while you do your homework. It's amazing. Uh, it's a new app. I'm really excited about it. Uh, so thanks to uh, Harp on Your Sleeve for uh, sponsoring this episode. And uh, you guys should check them out. The guy in the tuba is killing it. <laughs> is that what that is? That tuba? It's got to be a tuba. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what else it would be. Dude, I hate that it's kind of ruined now. And instead of thinking of the monsters, I think of the Fallout Boy, which is Wait. like uh, what, the dance. Shut up and dance. Is that the song? Or is it it's Uma, Uma Thurman? Thurman. Uma, yeah, Uma Thurman. which makes no sense because yeah. the song that. In Pulp Fiction, that Uma yeah. Thurman dances Pulp to Fiction, is yeah. not that song. Right, it's just weird. They're not at a twist competition or a dance competition listening to the Munsters theme trying to have the best. <laughs> anyway, totally off topic. Halloween movies. Halloween is just around the corner, you guys. It sure is. And so we we wanted to give you guys some, some Halloween fodder in case you don't know what kind of movies you want to watch. Some scary movies to watch that we think are good and just have an impact on us. Things that are important. Hence the Munsters theme. Yes. To get us in the mood. Yes. Are um, you in the mood? Me and Chris both picked two movies that we wanted to tell you guys to watch. Um, want me to go first? Uh, you tell one, and then I'll tell one, and then you tell your other one. And Switch I'll places? Yeah. You're a gentleman and a scholar. My first movie would be a little ditty called Suspiria. Now, this is a movie that was made... This is great because I haven't seen this movie, so yeah. I'm going to... Uh, Suspiria was a movie made in the 70s, um, very artsy. It's really one-of-a-kind movie, um, lots of use that? of color. S-U-S-P-I-R-A. Suspira? Uh, R-I-A. I-A, yeah. Reading and writing. Now I, have a, now I have a movie to watch. Yeah, so check out Suspiria. It is about witches. I'm not going to spoil a whole lot for you. But it is very, lots of practical effects. It's totally 70s, but the use of color and the imagery is startling for its so, time. So what's the flavor of this movie? Is, is, so, so 70s practical effects, is it kind of cheesy? It's, it's got a little bit of cheese to it, but you really appreciate it. Everything kind of looks like sets. But the way that they use them and utilize the color, it's just a very different feel. There's just, it's really off Are you going to get scared watching it? Yeah. Nice. I mean, it is a horror classic. If you look it up, you'll see a lot of good ratings. It's on a lot of top horror lists. Um, nice. Uh, so I'm it's excited. A good one. Seen it. I'm excited to watch that. Now. Yeah, you should be. That's awesome. I love that. I have a, I have a movie to watch. Didn't expect that. Yeah. Uh, my first pick is Paranormal Activity. Uh, just because if you haven't seen it yet... Um, the, this So I picked an oldie and then a new one. And this one is the most recent horror movie that I watched that really had a big impact on me. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of, like I saw the remake of Poltergeist, which was, uh, and some, I saw It Follows, which was, uh, but uh, um, it really like kind of, if you haven't seen any of the found footage movies that they've been doing more mm -hmm. of lately, uh, that one kind of shows you why it's such a great, they did a really good job with it. That movie is 
Um, they used unknown actors, and so when you watch it, it really has a real, like a mm-hmm. genuine feel to it. And if you haven't seen any of those movies, it's just a really unique movie. And they did a lot of uh, sequels and stuff. I think there's like four of them now. Yeah. Uh, but the first one was definitely the best, and and it just. It's really original, and so uh, if you haven't seen any of them, watching that movie, it, it man, it, it just it makes it believable. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's definitely like great. It's great to watch like old slasher films where yeah. there's just like gore and oh jump scares, but this is like you actually believe that it could have happened, yeah. and, and and that's kind of a cool way to get you scared. And what's and, nice is that it is a good one to rewatch on Halloween. I mean, it's one of those movies that you could watch one time in a year and it still has an effect. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah, uh, and a lot of the effects that they did weren't overboard, but really cool, and so, yeah. yeah. And that's a good movie just to get scared to, you know? Uh, and But it also has, like, that whole demonic feel of... You know, this is a horror movie and, mm-hmm. and good to watch around Halloween just to kind of enjoy that. So that was the first movie I picked. What's your second? My second is actually for a lot more family fun. Okay. Well, not family. Don't watch it with kids. Um, but uh, it's not so much on the line of scary, more on the line of funny. But it's still based in a horror universe, which would be Leprechaun 3. <laughs> um, might seem weird I'm picking the middle of a movie series... But the first and second ones, they're just not as great. They're kind of getting their footing. And then everything after Leprechaun 3, this just kind of went out the window. But Leprechaun 3 is by far the best in the series of Leprechaun movies about a little evil Leprechaun who loves his gold and um, winds up killing a bunch of people. But it is set in the bright lights of Vegas. Huh. So, very tongue-in-cheek, lots of comedy in it, as well as some really creative deaths. There's a scene where the leprechaun meets an Elvis impersonator and winds up doing an Elvis impression. And it is really cheesy, but they know what they're doing. They know that it's a cheesy right. movie. It's very tongue-in-cheek. And uh, definitely worth watching. Very. Enjoyable. That's why it's Leprechaun Three because a lot of those uh, older horror movies they would make one trying to go serious, yeah. and then and then realize that it just wasn't that scary. No, this isn't. Going and then second one would get a little bit more, and then usually like three or four. When you get to that level of like sequel, it's just they know it's a joke at that point, yeah. and they're a lot more enjoyable that way. They did the same thing with like the Evil Dead movies, although those those ones um, are better. Uh, probably yeah. than than Leprechaun. It's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, just funny. Um, okay, so my second. I was trying to think of like epic scary movies. Yeah. Like the, uh, that have stood the test of time. So the very first Freddy Krueger movie, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, um, I remember when I was a kid that like I would actually have nightmares of Freddy Krueger. Like, and it was scary, you know. And if I had a scary dream, which I didn't have a lot of when I was a kid. Freddy Krueger would like be in there somehow and I don't even know if I ever even watched like we weren't allowed to watch that sort of movie when I was a kid you yeah. know so I I think it was just so like it had found such a place in pop culture that I knew who Freddy Krueger was and I was scared of him and I'd never even seen a movie with him I didn't see a Freddy Krueger movie until I was a lot older but when I was a kid I would have nightmares of him and I hadn't even seen it but the first one is is probably the best one in my opinion um, and once you start reaching like three where people are in their dreams as ninjas it right. starts it's, going it starts to get really it, it's the same thing where it starts to get a little cheesy it starts to get a little uh 
like Freddy Krueger's just doing one-liners every time he opens his mouth, but where, uh, but with the originals, it's just that classic slasher film, and that was the kind of the reason. See, Paranormal Activity is more of like the most recent horror movie and yeah. what they have to offer. Whereas Nightmare on Elm Street is like that classic slasher, you know, there's some booze. You gotta do there's it. There's some gore, <laughs> you know. There's there's always like college students having sex and then getting killed for it. Yeah. Like that's, you know, classic slasher staples. So Lay it out on the line right now. Just lay it out. Freddy or Jason? Uh, as, as what? Who's scarier? Your, your who's favorite. better? Your favorite. Um... I didn't see enough Jason movies. Freddy Krueger was always the 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 guy for me, just because. And and for one really big thing is the movies where there's just like this invincible killer, like Jason and Halloween. Those uh, mm. that never really that was just frustrating to me. <laughs> it's like you they can't die. That's frustrating. Uh, Freddy Krueger, you can't sleep. Because if you sleep, then it gets you. Yeah. And that was something that really, like, especially when you're a kid or even now, when you watch a scary movie, you're worried about falling asleep. Yeah. And that's just perfect the way that, like, okay, now I can't sleep. Great. I gotta go Jason. Just the quiet brutality of Jason. Jason was much more, like, I'm gonna kill you and chop your head off and stab you with a machete. Cooler deaths in Jason. Yeah. Uh, not as cheesy until obviously Jason did the same thing where you have him like going to space eventually. <laughs> Jason X, yeah, uh, awful movie. Let me get that <laughs> out there. But totally worth watching for one specific scene where they he goes into this hologram room and they set it like the camp that he died in, and there's two girls that are naked. Why not? Right. And they're it's like, a, it's a let's Jason have movie. premarital sex. And then they like get into these sleeping <laughs> bags and it shows Jason. He just like. Like goes down off of the screen, and then it cuts back, and he has one in a sleeping bag beating the other one tied oh, up in the sleeping awesome. bag. And it is just the—it's one of the funniest movie scenes I've ever seen. That's if we really ever wind up doing a list of funniest out of context scenes yeah, yeah, yeah. to ever see, that's going to be on my list. Nice. Uh, wow. Uh, beating a girl with another girl. Yeah, but it's a throwback to an older Jason movie because me and my me and my wife. We sat down and we watched all of the Freddies in a row. And then we we're like, well, we got to do Friday the 13th. Yeah. And we watched all of those in a row. And that's when I really. Like, in a row, my like love. marathon or like. Well, like over each a week day okay, we yeah. would watch each one. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's one where a girl's in a sleeping bag and she's like hiding in it and he closes her up and it grabs it and slams it against a tree trunk. Oh, nice. And it's just yeah. super. Oh, man. See, that's what Jason. Uh, See, it's fun when they did um, Final Destination because they basically you can tell that the people who made those movies had a pre- an appreciation for old yeah. horror movies because it's just that's a lot of those old horror movies. That's what it's all about. It's just about like really cool, brutal deaths. Mm. And there's something about watching that it, that's just really pleasing. It's yeah. Like, oh, I've always, I've always thought that would be a terrible way to die, and I just saw it on screen, and like, it looked so great. Yeah, yeah. Get those innocent children. It was everything I thought it would be. Get them, um, evil guy. They deserved it because they were kids and they were having sex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those are our Halloween recommendations. Um, what's great about those movies is that, you know, every now and then in horror movies, you get that one character that has to ante up and be the superhero. And where I'm going with that, oh. it's called a transition. Is there nice. are a lot of superheroes out there today? Lots of superhero lots movies. And lots of superhero movies. And, and we're be getting more, more and more superhero movies. 
Yeah, so we've <laughs> already, we're already, I feel like people are starting to be like, geez, superheroes, okay, yeah. we get it. We and, get it. And they're not all good. I mean, we had the Fantastic Four debacle. Well, debacles, really, because none of them have been that good. Uh, but they're coming out with tons, you know, we have <clears throat> Batman v Superman, mm. we have uh, the, what is it, the sick, what is it, the scary six or something. Sinister six? Yeah. I believe uh, I believe Sinister Six has been shelved for right now since Marvel got the rights for Spider-Man. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so dude. it looks like well, there's anyhow, any Sinister that, Six there's, at this point. There's all that, you know, yeah. Sinister Six action with like... The, but we are getting Suicide Squad. Jared Leto. Which is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Oh, Suicide Squad. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Oh, okay. Squad. For some reason, I can't. Yeah, Suicide Squad. But the scary six. But that, that sounds like good. so we got we have the DC we have Aquaman we have the DC superhero movies coming out. They're Which, trying to get their footing and be better and actually be you know get some good movies. I out feel there. so bad for DC because you're going to look at Aquaman and go, okay, we have to include him, right? How do we make him cool? Well, he's really hard to do, and it's more of a. Marvel has been able to pull that off. Like Ant-Man. If it's an Ant-Man type of movie, we're really friend, like really light-hearted and yeah. upbeat. But a lot of the DC movies, they're picking no these darker, like really serious no themes. Humor. Which is good because Marvel does the happy so well that you kind of want to have like the other side of yeah. that coin. But Aquaman has to be silly. He's, you know, he's a guy who swims around in the ocean and he's mm. friends with fish. Like you can't play that all serious Uh, it's like okay so we want to fit in the dark dc universe and we want to make an aquaman movie okay you know he rides a seahorse yeah right it's like yeah but we're thinking maybe disgruntled seahorse (laughs) have you seen his uh, his actual costume like his original costume it's like bright blue and pink or something and it's like an orange style yeah yeah or orange not they showed some images of Aquaman and what he's going to look right. like. Much nothing, darker, more realistic. Yeah, nothing like that. Um, I think it's Momoa, Jason Momoa. I think that's his name, who's playing Aquaman. Um, I'm a big Marvel guy, so DC is kind of foreign territory for me. I yeah. hate Superman, so that's kind of my I've name. never been a big... Super- Although, I like Man of Steel. A lot of people didn't like that movie. I liked it. I like the story they told. Uh, Still yeah. not a big fan of Superman. Right, right. Superman in general is my... I've never liked him. I always felt he was too powerful. And I feel like what makes superheroes fun is, yes, they have superpowers, but they usually have a weakness. And his weakness is too paint by numbers. It's like, oh, and I have a weakness. It's kryptonite. It's like, come on. No, it's not... There's a downside. I like it when you have a power, but there's a downside to that power. They did a good job of that in, um, like, later on with a lot of the... Well, you see, you have someone like Wolverine where his downside is this is personality. He's just like a broken person. But it's also, he is invincible because he is an animantium skeleton, but that was put in him by like evil doctors. So you have yeah. that kind and of And then like he had the twist recuperation. Where everything, and... yeah, where everything is kind of connected and everything is, is a, and, and that's what I like. I like my superheroes to have a downside, yeah. to have a flaw that has to do with what makes them so powerful. You gotta have demons. And yeah. then you have, like, team-ups, like the Avengers. Very different sets of powers, yeah, yeah. different types of things. They complement each other well. It's great. Justice League? It's like, dude, just kind of send in Superman. You'll be fine. Like, 
Yeah. That's the easiest job You don't ever. need a whole team. You just need Superman. Yeah. like Because he's overpowered, and that's why I yeah, never liked Superman. That would be the greatest superhero job ever, would be to be Aquaman on the Justice yeah. League. <laughs> like, how many times a year is something going on in the water going to really right. happen? It's right. going to be mostly cities and stuff, and you're just going to be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll just... Uh, Check out YouTube. Specializes in maritime law or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, there. We can't call Superman or the Justice League because it's you know not in our country. Yeah, like there's an underwater volcano. Okay, I'll have some sharks fix it. Like it's okay. Aquaman can do it because I don't play by the law. Yeah. Oh, big comet coming towards the Earth. Don't think that's going to be Aquaman's job. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What is Aquaman going to do about? I. I know, he's like, I'm going to talk to some Catch fish. it in the ocean. Hey guys, fish. Comet's coming. Thanks, when, Aquaman. It's, but when you think You're about welcome. it, Aquaman could be a really powerful power. You know, it could, like, most of the Earth is water. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. I think of Aquaman as Ursula from The Little Mermaid if she was never foiled by Prince Eric. Yeah. <laughs> she was pretty powerful. Okay, I don't, that's not something I thought about previously. It just came to me. That's good. And I'm sticking with like, it. Well, she would have been, like, a great villain if she hadn't been stopped in one movie. Yeah. You know, she was... Because she wasn't just a villain. She was manipulative. You yep. Know? And the world is mostly consists of water. So that's, like, world domination. Right. Scar's scary because he actually killed someone with his own hands. Scar? Very rare for a Disney villain. Oh, that's right, because he throws him off. Precisely. I always thought... I was like, well, he used the stampede, but no, he... He, he, he acts like he's going to help him, and then Boop. yeah, yeah, that's rare for Disney. Yeah, Very mostly rare. everything happens in accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steven Spielberg came out and said, you know, they're going to go the way of the Western, and they're all going to go away, which I think is possible. I but... think pe- I think we're getting some superhero fatigue. I think people are getting tired of all the superheroes. But I think, like, when you look at something like. Ant-Man, you see, okay, well, they could go a different direction with it, and it could still be good. It's all on the writing and the type of heroes you choose. Someone like Superman, that will wear thin. Something like, um, well, I feel like Spider-Man has a lot of options, but things like the Avengers that will wear thin, they're not going to lose. Like, they're too beloved. Well, yes, and what... It, it really all depends. I don't think it's ever going to be like, oh, we can't do superhero movies anymore. Mm. We've done too many. Um, it matters, it, like you said, on the writing, on the filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Any movie. Guardians of the Galaxy. Good. Yeah. That doesn't feel like a superhero movie. Um, the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. That doesn't feel like a superhero movie. It, feels, it plays out more like a spy movie. Yeah. And what's great about that? Is that, yeah, you always kind of feel like, okay, well, these people obviously aren't going to die. They're heroes, and they're part of this universe. They're not going to lose. Right. But Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America won, but the world kind of lost. Because S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated by HYDRA. There was that huge twist. Spoiler alert. After I said the spoiler. So there you go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, Well, another thing is a lot of times the stakes are like oh the whole world the whole world is gonna die but um if they can do a little bit less of that and play you know a smaller part sometimes where and and that not only that but there's you write a good movie 
there's yeah. a mystery to solve. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter who wins. You want to know who did it. Yeah. You know, like if you could do more things like that, where it's like, oh, you know, you're slowly getting more pieces of the puzzle and you're finding out more and more superhero movies like that, that can take that kind of flavor and make it a movie. Those kinds of movies can be really good. Mm. Uh, and, but we need, yeah. And, and so far it looks to me like a lot of the movies are going to stay good right now. Like Marvel really knows what they're doing. They're doing a good job with all their properties. And they finally so, got Spider-Man. Yes. Spider-Man's going to be in, you know, in infinity wars and, uh, um, what is it? Inhuman, I think is another one that's coming out in the distant future, but, well, I think Inhumans was actually canceled. I think it just came out recently that they're not, no longer doing an Inhumans movie, and they're doing a movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay. So that's replacing Inhuman? I believe so, Inhumans. if I read that correctly. Ant-Man and the Wasps. Yeah. Uh, that did do well, and people are excited about it. And yeah. I liked the girl who's going to be the Wasp in that movie, so we'll see. Uh, anyhow, I don't think... I, th- I think they're just like all other movies. I think there is a little bit of superhero fatigue, and Marvel needs to show that if they kill off a character, it matters. Yeah. Uh, and and if they can do that, it would help a lot, where it's like you're actually... People need to start dying, and they need mm. to start staying dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that would add a lot of the stakes that are missing yeah. from those Don't movies. pull an alias. Yeah. Anyone that's seen the show Alias will completely understand that statement. So. No one dies. <laughs> They always come back, like, five episodes later. Right, and that's what they've been doing with, like, you know, you had the um, the first Avengers movie, and then Agent Carl, or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember. He, Coulson? He's, Coulson. He's back in, you know, he's Agent back in Carl. action in the TV You're show. You're thinking of Die Hard <laughs> with Officer Carl. Oh, Officer Carl. And that's not oh, Officer Carl, Carl, because Carl. that's Carl Winslow from <laughs> Family Matters. <laughs> So, so everyone call- we're all jumbled. I always called him Officer Carl. It's got to be Officer Carl. Yeah. Does anyone not call him Officer Carl? No. That's what he should be called. I will pay $5 of someone else's money to whoever can say <laughs> the name of Officer Carl's without, character without name researching it. Yeah. 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 Well, some people, that is a really good movie. Some people just know that movie. No. Always Officer Carl. No one knows the name That's of that really cop. That's true. He is Officer Carl. Though. No one. Because he's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. I think we kind of covered that. I think that we pretty much yeah, covered those. I think we're good. Um, so we're going to take another quick break. And then we will be right back with you guys. Hello, I'm Corey. I'm Chris. And this is Film Narc. Absolutely. And if you are not getting enough of our podcast and just want more, you should check out... <laughs> Our Twitter account, at FilmNarkPodcast, as well as we have an Instagram, FilmNark. And Um, we have a... a, Check us out at www.filmnarkblogspot.com. Yep. FilmNark.blogspot.com. Yep. And uh, we also have a Facebook. We're basically everywhere. And uh, there's a lot of content on that website, our blog spot. We have a lot of movie reviews if you want to see what's what's worth watching in theaters and things like that. Corey does some articles and things like that. There's some pretty good writing, and it's funny. I like it. This guy. So, yeah. Thanks. Check it out. Like us and subscribe us. And dabba-de-dibe us. <laughs> All of our segments are going to start with this dancing. 
All right, and welcome back. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into scene selections. This is going to be a reoccurring segment on our show where we pick a topic. I choose five that fit to that topic. Chris chooses five that is fit to that topic. Is it always going to be a list of five? Yeah, because okay. then it winds up kind of being a top ten, even if we repeat each other's yeah, opinion. Yeah. And it has to do with just any type of scene or any like real topic on movies specifically and scenes and parts of movies. So not like not a movie as a whole. Today we're talking about some of the best plot twists in our opinion of all time. Now this is the spoiler. best spoiler. Spoiler alert! Spoiler, spoiler alert! alert. Uh, are we spoiling? So we're one hundred percent spoiling. Let's go for it. Okay, man. we're gonna spoil a lot of movies. If we're gonna name the movie before we spoil the plot twist, so if you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to the spoilers. Skip ahead, yep. you know. Skip ahead, uh, go to the next segment. Yeah, uh, um, because these movies, these are in our opinion the best plot twists in movies. So if you don't know the movie and it hasn't been spoiled for you, you really don't want it to be spoiled. And the reason I say this is because a lot of times when I'm watching shows on YouTube or something or listening to a show. They're like, spoiler alert, and I'm like, oh, you know, oh, I'll let it be spoiled. These are some of the best plot twists of all time. You don't want these to be spoiled for you. If you ever plan on seeing these movies, ever, and you should because they're really good movies, turn away if you don't know that. <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> Just, yeah, stop listening to us. Yeah. To all of our viewers. Who's, this is how we get people to okay. listen. Oh, okay, so this Honorable is the best plot twist of all time. Um, and this is the best plot twist. So not best movie with a plot twist, but best plot, plot twist. twist. So just the twist, not necessarily the movie. So this isn't necessarily the best movie. This is the best twist. Okay. Um, you're going first, and we're starting with honorable mention? Let's start with honorable mention. Okay. Really hard to turn this down to five yeah. on a personal list. Really hard. So we decided to go honorable mention. My honorable, my honorable mention would be Prestige with uh, Christian Bale... Um, being Jackman. twins um, with himself. Being twins with himself at the very <laughs> end. You're all kind of wondering, like, well, how are they pulling off this magic? Yep. How are they going to figure it out? And then, oh, one person has a double. Oh, that's pretty clever. But what the heck is Christian Bale doing? And then you find out he has a... Um, a twin that's doing all this stuff. And he, like, loses a finger, cuts it off to yep. match him. Just super what, insane. What made that twist so good is that it was... A, it made the movie make more sense. Yeah. So you're like, oh, why does he sometimes get along with this beautiful girl and sometimes the love indifferent girl? Like, yeah. Why would he? And then be there's so like another stupid? one in jail. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, crazy. and, and how do they do this magic jail. trick that this other guy, you know, played by Hugh Jackman? Why can't he figure it out? Because he's such a good ma magician. Like that plot twist Ooh. really. So that's your honorable mention. Did you that's have more that you mention. really wanted to put in there that you couldn't? Yes. There were plenty more that I kind of wrote down because just, I kind of did my list on just like... Just list them. We won't talk about them, but just list some that you really wanted. Oh, man. I know Fight Club was one of them. Fight Club was one of them. Um, I mean, it's Fight Club, man. Yeah. That one wasn't as big for me because I read the book oh. in school. And so, I mean, it's a great plot twist, but Fight when book you read club. the book... Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, um, what about you? What's your honorable okay, mention? Okay, so my honorable mention is Shutter Island. Uh, Shutter Island, if you haven't... Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. Shutter Island, if you haven't seen it, uh, you get this whole story of this detective uh, slash, like, U.S. Marshal, and they're going to this insane asylum island. Like, the whole island is an insane, like, hospital for insane people, and they're, like... Mm -hmm. 
uh, interviewing the patients and trying to figure out what's going on and trying to see if they're doing like illegal experiments or giving them drugs or anything. And it's really thrilling and exciting. And then you find out that the whole thing was just made up by uh, uh, he was a Leonardo patient, DiCaprio's right? character who was yeah. actually a patient in the hospital. And, and they're just playing out this whole thing so that and, and it was a really good twist it i remember when i discovered it while watching the movie i was like okay didn't see that coming yeah. like it was really good there was a lot of payoff and that's actually that's a good introduction to my list because a lot of the movies that i picked were movies that had an impact in my life that not necessarily like as far as films in general mm-hmm. but for me personally i remember the twist and i remember being like whoa so yeah that was so um liked. My number five. Wait, wait. I have uh, ones that I couldn't pick, that I couldn't uh, put in here. Oh, yeah. Um, the Matrix is one that I would have really liked to do, but the twist wasn't really at the end. It was like it was in right the middle. Right in the middle, yeah. So, uh, but I still remember when I first saw that movie, I was like, what? The it stays with you. It's a computer? Oh, yeah. And it's such a great, like, if you want a, an introduction to idealism and philosophy, like, Watch the you know watch those movies. Mm. I mean, the first one is way better than the sequels, but they still have, there's a lot of philosophy throughout. And I, being someone who enjoys philosophy, enjoy that aspect of the movies. Yeah. But that was another one that I thought, oh, man, really great twist, but it doesn't quite have the payoff because it's like actually towards the beginning of the movie. So yeah. Okay, so number five on my list. Anyone who knows me and has heard me talk about this movie will be shocked that it's number five and not higher up. Um, and I was actually surprised that I put it as number five and not higher up. The Mist. Hmm. Now, at the very end of this movie, they're trapped in a convenience store with all these different people and crazy stuff goes on and there's creatures outside in the mist that are killing people. And then they finally decided to do a last-ditch effort. So they take, the guy takes his kid, a girl, a elderly couple and they get in a car and start driving off and they run out of gas the car dies in the middle of the mist they have one gun with enough bullets for all of them but one so one less bullet than everyone in the car yep and so yeah. they're sitting there and they hear a bunch of noises and they're like guys we're screwed do you want to get eaten by monsters or i could just end your life take on you your own now. terms yeah so he does, and he shoots the girl, shoots his kid, shoots the elderly couple, and totally distraught and out of bullets, he gets out of his car, walks out into the mist, shouting. Waiting for the monsters to eat Waiting him. for them to eat him, and the noise is getting closer, and it shows up, and it's the army. Yeah, if he would have just waited. The tank rolls up, and they're saved, and he just killed his son, killed his girl who, that he was totally going to have a thing with, you know? Yeah. yeah. This ending to the movie has stuck with me to this day it is my most tragic ending to a movie i've ever seen is just oh heart-wrenching terrible but uh yeah that's my five so the i had a question i'm curious as to how much of a plot twist this qualifies as because it's almost more of just like a tragedy like would you call romeo and juliet a plot twist like that you know because one no, because you know and, what's going oh, on. Oh, they're like, oh, they're dead, and they kill themselves, and then the other one wakes up, and they're like, oh, they weren't actually dead, I didn't need to kill themselves. Like, it's that same sort of... I would, but tragedy. Romeo and Juliet, you know what's going on. That's you true. know the plan that's, that's going true. into it, so it's... This one is a total pro- surprise, yeah. Probably it is for, a twist, it's a twist. Probably for Romeo, he's yeah. like, whoa, plot twist, you're alive, and I'm dying. What's cool about that <laughs> is it's a classic 
plot twist in the fact that it it happens right at the end of the movie. The, like the end of the movie is the twist. Yeah, I'd like to see like, oh. how long he lives with himself before he probably ends it. I couldn't go on right. after. Uh, that. Okay, so number five. So this is like of the list of five. It made five. it in the top five, but it wasn't. It was the least of them. Uh, is Primal Fear? Uh, hmm. Have you you haven't seen this, have you? I have not. Uh, I don't want to spoil go ahead. it for you. I still gotta watch it. I'm not gonna spoil the whole thing, but uh, there's a. It's Edward Norton and uh, Richard Gere, I think, uh, or Greer. Richard Greer. Richard Gere. Greer. Greer. Um, Greer. It's like a courtroom drama, and there's this guy, and he's. Gear. Um, huh. <laughs> it's Gear. Richard Gear. Gear. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a courtroom drama, and Edward Norton is like in trouble for killing somebody. Um, but he's like, I didn't do it. I didn't kill the priest. Uh, and there's actually a lot of twists and turns in the storyline. You know, this priest was killed and you find out that he wasn't such a good guy. He was like making the choir kids, like altar boys, like have sex with this girl on camera. And it's like, uh, but what's the twist, which is so good is that Edward Norton is acting like this really innocent guy. And then, Oh, twist. You find out that he has multiple personality syndrome and that he actually has a multiple personality, um, all this time. And so that's a twist. And you're like, Oh, but then you find out at the end that he was just faking it the whole time. And the whole innocent, like stuttering guy doesn't even exist. And he's just this evil guy who killed the priest on purpose. And I think also, like killed the girl or is glad that she's dead anyhow uh it's a good twist it's a good twist and it's it's just a classic twist and and it stuck with me as a really good twist in a movie and it's edward norton which i feel like he's just good at selling a twist you know he also did uh fight club so he's in a lot of good twist movies all right so my number four would be a little movie called the orphan it's a little bit newer. Another good one for Halloween, by the way. Um, it's about the this couple that want to adopt a child, and they find a little girl that they like, and they adopt her, and then things start kind of going weird, and she turns out to be kind of evil, a little omen-esque. Um, and then at the end of the and movie... And she's weird looking too, right? Kind of, she doesn't super, look like a normal baby. I think baby. you're just kind of insulting the actress. <laughs> <laughs> and she's really weird looking. Well, she doesn't... Okay, well, alright. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, she starts doing all like these really bad things, and she winds up like killing someone, and at the end, you realize that she is not a little girl. She's actually like a 30-something-year-old woman with a growth defect, and then, then she kind of starts looking weird, because she takes off the makeup. And then she's kind of got, oh. like, she's, you can tell she's older. Um, and, uh, and she was a prostitute. And so she's obsessed with the guy and wants to be with the guy and then winds up terrorizing the whole family and the mom and all that. But just super surprising. You see an evil little girl and you don't think, you know, that's probably a grown woman. Right. So it's one of those big twists that I think really, really, good really, really paid good off. Twist, yeah. Really surprising. Uh, nice. That's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my number four is Psycho. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, go out and see it and don't hear the spoiler because it's amazing if it hasn't been spoiled for you. This is the movie that most modern horror movies are based upon. It's so good. I love this movie. And this the 
the twist for me had such an impact. You know when you get scared and there's like a double scare. So there's like a jump scare and then you realize what scared you and you get scared like on a much deeper, more fulfilling level. That's how this twist, that's a part of the reason why this twist stuck with me. Because it turns out that the the twist isn't that uh, Norman Bates is the killer. The twist is that Norman Bates, who is tortured by his mother, his mother is dead and he is his mother. Like, he's mm-hmm. his own mother, like, in his head, and he's totally crazy. And so there's this part where you see him coming out with, like, a knife trying to stab the detective guy. And you so that, like, a person comes out with a knife and it scares you. And mm-hmm. then you realize that it's Norman Bates dressed like an old lady and he thinks he's his own mother. And it's like, oh, like, like <laughs> a double scare. And it's so good. And there's such, like, this, oh, it's such a payoff. Like, I really love that twist, and I think it's re- just a really good one. So, uh, that made it to number four for me. All right. Number three for me, uh, Usual Suspects. Um, That's funny. Is that when yours, That's too? my number three. Okay, well. so we can both kind of talk about yeah. it. Usual Suspects. Um, great mystery. Who is Kaiser Sose? Yeah. And uh, Kevin's you're, you're hearing so it good. all through Kevin Spacey and talking to the detective. And then, of course, at the end, <sighs> the detective realizes he was using details of, like, a name from the bottom of his cup. Uh, pieces from a bulletin board behind him. He was using all of these different things that he was using in the room to construct a story to make himself look innocent and like Kaiser Sose is someone totally different when he is actually Kaiser Sose. But the name Kaiser Sose isn't made up. It's like actually what he, he is. It's him. But, but everything else in the story, like Kobayashi is like the name on the bottom of a Yeah, that was and, the one. And there's like pictures on the wall and like advertisements that he used. Yeah. Little stories that he told that add like a lot of like realism and believability that are just from things around the office where he was sitting when they were interviewing him. He acts like this. Uh, he just sells it really well. He, he does. He, he's got this limp. He acts like this stuttering like nobody who is actually the mastermind to the whole thing and it's great because the whole movie is just him telling the story painting the picture of what happened so you kind of find out what happened in increments through him his story and then you realize that he made up almost the whole story and so you have to kind of go back it's what what's great about plot twists is they is they give movies rewatchability and what's great about really great about The Usual Suspects is there's a lot of rewatchability. You yeah. watch it once, then you have to watch it again, and then you you kind of have to watch it like even more than that to kind of see, like, okay, what really happened? Yeah. And what was part of his just fabrication of this whole thing? And, and so what did he make up, and what was really actually what was going on? And it's great. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of little Easter egg, like little hidden things. There's a part where he's like, what happened? And, he's, and he actually says, "I killed him," but it's like under his breath. Yeah. So when you first watch it, you don't really, you totally don't. And you might even not notice it like a few times watching through it. But if you actually pay attention, yeah, he like straight up says, "I killed him," and it's like, "Whoa!" Like <laughs> it's kind of cool. So there's little things like that in yeah. the movie. That and the really cinematography is cool. fantastic. Like uh, just, just at the very movie. end, you see him limping off because he has an issue walking, and yeah, then yeah. His, his walk starts changing. and He's walking. Totally normal. Gets in a car with some people, drives yeah. off at the very end. Yeah. It's just he, like, I like how his, his lip slowly goes away. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And and it shows it shows um, the killer in the beginning of the movie with a gold lighter. And when he's leaving the prison 
they give him his gold lighter back. Yeah. And so that's kind of like some cool foreshadowing mm. that they do in the movie because I like a good plot should a good plot twist should have some like hints. Yeah. You know, and and so when it finally happens, it's like, how did I not see that? Yeah. Like, and and so this is a classic. Uh, it's probably one of the best known movies for having a plot twist and really where the plot is actually really driven by the twist. So. Yeah. So number two, I chose the others. A classic kind of scary ghost movie with Nicole Kidman um, about a family that moves into this house and they're living there and then all of a sudden some creepy crawlies start happening. Sounds, doors closing right in front of them with no one there uh, and they start thinking that there's ghosts. This is a really good horror movie, by the way. Uh, So good. Yeah. Some random people start showing up, uh, causing all sorts of issues and they're scared of them and they don't know what's going on. Uh, Haunted house. End of the movie, you realize Nicole Kidman and her family and her kids are actually dead. And they're the ghosts. And um, Such a good twist. I can't believe it hasn't been done before. I don't know. The ghosts they were hearing were the people that were actually living in the house now. So it wasn't about people hearing ghosts. It was about ghosts hearing people. And uh, I think at the end they wind up doing a seance. And then that's when they really try to figure out. And the weird people showing up were other ghosts trying to tell them like, hey... You're dead man yeah just release and go be you know dead and stop trying to be in a house living. yeah yeah uh, just incredible twist really and good twist you totally don't see it coming they don't do that in movies and, so. and it, it make, it's so good because it's it's a very traditional horror movie mm-hmm. in a lot of aspects in, in a lot of respects but then it just totally that's what makes it the twist such a good frame payoff. of thought of the entire because you generally you don't expect a lot of times you don't expect a twist in a horror movie, especially like a classic haunted house. Like, yeah. so many movies have been made that way, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I didn't expect that, but that was really good. Mm. Um, yeah. Really so what's your good. number two? Uh, so my number two is The Empire Strikes Back, but I'm, I uh, I think I know that it's on your list because you're such a big Star Wars fan, so I might let you talk about it because I think it's your... Number one, right? I'll talk about it when it's my number one. Okay. Well, it's my. Well, I don't want to give... hear you. I want to hear your reasons why it's number two. I'm a little upset. Well, it didn't have a huge impact on me personally. Uh, I watched it when I was very young, and there was. I remember, like, in the faintest, like, dimmest part of my memory, I remember being like, uh, you know, Vader saying, "Look, I am your father," and I remember being like, "What? Is his dad? What?" Like, I remember that, but I was so young at the time that it didn't like, it didn't have the kind of effect that it should mm-hmm. have. It didn't have this like mind. And pop culture what? kind of puts it out there, so then you hear it and you're like, "Oh, that's where that's from." Right, and yeah, Luke, I yeah, and there's just so much like, I mean, I was, I, I was, I'm old enough that that when I was young. It, it wasn't like spoiled like it is now, but at the same time, like I was, I just saw those movies at such a young age that the 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 twist of it all didn't have the proper payoff for mm. me. And I still respect that twist as a really really good twist, one of the best ever. And that's why it's my number two. It's mm. one of the best ever, but for me personally, it didn't have that kind of impact. So okay, I'm gonna keep quiet about that one until I reach my number one, which is now. Empire Strikes Back. Definitely a number one. You're crazy. Okay. It takes a movie, almost two full movies, to throw a twist at you. And it is the most mind-blowing twist that there is. Could you imagine people seeing that movie when it first came out? You bought tickets, saw it in the theater, believing that Darth Vader killed his father. Yeah. An entire movie based on that. 
And then you're watching a whole second movie of him going back and being like, I have my father's lightsaber. I'm going to attack Darth Vader, who killed Obi-Wan, who was like a father figure. And he killed my actual father. And then he's like, by the way, I'm actually your dad, Obi-Wan. Lied to you. And it's like mid... It's like later in the movie, too. Yeah, it's like right at the end. So much... So much has gone on. You think before. you know yeah. everything that's happening in these movies, and then it totally changes the whole outlook of an entire other movie and everything you just saw prior in that movie. Wow, that's a good point. And it changes the first movie, knowing that. And it, it totally yeah. sets the stage for an entirely third movie. It's such good direction and writing, and you look at it, and even to this day, every time I watch it, I'm just like, man. And the fact that on set only like three people knew that that was going to be the twist. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot That's of the cool. actors did not know. Wow. Um, a lot of the stage assistants didn't know. So apparently, when that scene happened, you have everyone on the stage, and they're just like, "Whoa!" Could you imagine being Harrison Ford, and you're going making these movies, and you have no idea, and then you wind up seeing it in theater after it comes out, and you're like, "Whoa! Holy crap!" <laughs> I didn't like, even know. How did I not know that? That would be crazy. Like, yeah, because he's not in part in those parts. Yeah, that nope. would do. That would be mind blowing. Wouldn't that be great? Like it's insane. I think you brought up a really good point that there's a whole another movie without a twist. That and and that's something that like it's you know it comes that much later and there's that much foreshadowing. There's that much like possibility and mm-hmm. then boom. Yeah. See, for me, I was so young that I was confused by it. And that took away a lot. I was like, what? But they said he killed his father. You know? I was like a little kid. And so, like, if I had... If I had the opportunity to watch that movie as um, a little bit older and someone who could, like, really appreciate the ins and outs, Mm -hmm. I think it would be my top. And I would say there is no twist talked about more than The Empire Strikes Back. It's it's just lost. You don't even think about it nowadays as a twist because it's so inundated. It's everywhere. And 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 they did the three prequel movies, and they have like the whole time you know. That, yeah. How know. many times have you been a kid speaking into a fan, saying, <laughs> "Luke, I'm your father." Yeah. And I do it to this day. So you don't even people don't even think about it as a twist now. Like, yeah. uh, so I think it's good that you brought up. It really was a twist. It was a huge twist. Um, number one. N- number one for me was The Sixth Sense. Uh, Very good twist. Great M. Night Shyamalan movie. You watch the whole movie, just loving it. Really good movie, just in general. Just a really good movie. A scary movie. And once again, for some reason, plot twists in scary movies are, I don't know, they're just a little bit more surprising for me because you totally don't, you're not ready for it. You don't expect a twist in a, in a horror movie. Um, so it's just good and scary and uh, Haley. Hayden Joel Osment or whatever is amazing. Uh, Bruce Willis, that was back in his heyday when he was amazing, was actually showing up for roles and really good. And uh, uh, the whole movie is just good. And you watch this movie, it's him uh, as a psychiatrist helping this kid who sees dead people, which was a twist in its own right. If you actually watch that Mm -hmm. movie, uh, speaking of film curiosity, they had that part in the trailer for that movie and it totally if they didn't it would have been so much better finding out that the kid sees dead people but anyhow he sees dead people the the psychiatrist is helping him uh and there's like more to it than that because he got shot by a guy that he used to help that had the same problem that but he didn't believe him and wasn't able to help him so it's like redemption for uh 
uh, Bruce Willis's character as a psych as a psychologist and psychiatrist that helps kids. Um, but it's actually, you know, he really helps this kid who is just like a really great kid who has problems. And then there's another twist because you find out that the ghosts, the dead people that he sees don't want to harm him. He shouldn't be afraid of them. They just need his help. Like they need something to be done for them before they leave, which is great and yeah. just really good writing. And then in the very end, you find out that the whole time, the reason like Bruce Willis is having problems with his marriage and, and nobody's listening to him and he like... He never actually talks to the kid's mom is because he's dead and the kid is the only one who can see him. And it's like he actually did die when he got shot. And because the beginning of the movie is him getting shot by the guy that he wasn't mm-hmm. able to help. And uh, it's so good. And that twist is there's such a payoff because it's at the end of the movie. There's a lot of foreshadowing. So it does do that whole thing where you have to rewatch the movie and be like, oh. And when you do rewatch the movie, it's like, oh my goodness, there's so much. That they talk about, and you really do like. How did I not see it? How did I not figure it out? So, that movie is the number one for me because of all plot twists in movies, it's the one that had the most impact for me. I remember watching it, and I remember just my jaw dropping when when you mm-hmm. find out he's dead, and just be like, "What?" So, yeah. All right, and that'll do it for scene selections. We're gonna take another quick break, and then we'll be right back after another word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Corey from FilmNark, and I'm here to tell you about our good friends at AlphaPest. Now, they are the leading source of all-natural pest removal. Uh, What they do to keep it all-natural is their big secret, but I'm here to share that with you today. What they do is they find out what pest problem you have in your home, and they go one step up on the food chain. Hence the name, AlphaPest. A couple years ago, I had a few issues with mice and rats in my house, and I just wasn't sure what to do with them. I didn't want anyone coming in and killing them using any sort of pesticides, because I have children. Now, what they did was they went one step up on that food chain, and they brought in a big barrel of snakes to come in and hunt down all those little mice and rats, and they did a fantastic job very quickly of making sure they're all gone. Now, you may be thinking, how did they get rid of all the snakes? Well, that's something that I've had them all call for! Looks like I need to make a call. Hello, Alpha Pest? So those snakes are still in my house. Oh, you got a big cage of owls? Sounds great. When can I have them? Tomorrow? Thank you, Alpha Pest. All right, and welcome back to Film Narc. This is a special part of the show, as you can tell by the intense music. I recently challenged Chris to a challenge. <laughs> um, what I did was I asked him before we started this show to come up with a trilogy of movies. Now, they all have to keep a central story thread and connect in some sort of way. But... They need to be different genres. So the first movie needs to be a specific genre. The second movie needs to be a different genre. That still kind of continues the story. And the third one, entirely different genre, still continues the story. So, do you want to go first or last? Um, oh, I'll go first since okay. you made up the challenge and it was challenged to me. I have three movies. Okay. Uh, the first movie is an action-adventure slash sci-fi should I just tell you the genres? Uh, do the first movie genre and then the plot of that. Okay, first. okay. 
Okay, so this is a uh, um, kind of band of brothers slash hmm. wa- uh, Walking Dead or something like that. It's an elite military unit, um, and it focuses on their camaraderie and 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 what they do is every night they go in and they're killing these aliens that are just like invading Earth. Uh, but the aliens. Um, they they don't they're not sure where they are they only come out at night and they but they know where they live and they're only there at night they're only there um it's not like they can just kill them at any time only at night for whatever reason they're not sure they just discovered these aliens and their monstrosities these monsters and so they're going in with their but they're unique enough beings that you can use um non-traditional weapons so some of the guys in the unit might use like a baseball bat or a you know a katana or something like that you know so Mm. kind of like it's a really cool action really cool um you know sci-fi like monsters and they're just cutting them up and killing them and you're like kill the monsters kill the aliens uh that one's called shifters because the aliens are shifters they they're they're pretty sure that they take human form during the day and only return to alien form at night, which is part of the why they can't, you know, they can't find them, they can't figure them out. Second movie is a horror movie, and it's from an entirely different perspective. And it's this, uh, it follows this girl in this, uh, in this house, and she lives with like a couple of roommates. She's like college age, so she's living with a couple of girls uh, at her age. And, and there, you know, there's maybe like some cool characterization we want to get some character development but it's primarily a horror movie where every night uh aliens come and kill people in their village Mm. um and aliens show up and they're just eating people and like mauling them and and, but it's only every night so during the day you see like this village of people slowly get more and more scared and more and more unsure of their future and then each night you see aliens come and kill people and you it kind of shows her and her house like being really scared you know in the dark just like laying there hearing aliens kill people and having there's nothing she can do about it you know just kind of terror uh and so there's a lot of little scary parts like that it ends with um aliens finally come to her house and you can hear them but you can't see anything that's going on um and they're they're killing like her roommates and stuff and then um somebody comes into her room uh and and like stands there for a second she's sure she's going to die but then they just turn around and leave and and that's like the end of the movie like for some reason the aliens that finally went to her house which she's been dreading all this time they don't kill her uh and that's called death in the night just because it needs to have a title uh uh and the girl's name is screo and the leader of the military unit is called derek but these things are not that important <laughs> um the third movie is a You've Got Male-like romance, okay? And it's a romance... <laughs> dude, just wait. It's really good, okay? okay? It's a romance movie between Screo um, and uh, Derek, but it starts with Screo. She's actually an alien. Oh, twist! 
And and her alien planet is like overpopulated, so they move to the Earth and they shift into humans during the day, but at night they go back to being aliens. But in the horror movie, you only see it at night, so you think that you get to know Screo during the day as a normal human, and at night you never really see the aliens killing people, so you assume that aliens are killing them, but it's actually the aliens getting killed by his military unit. So the first and second movie take place at the same time. The, okay. Actually, all three movies take place during the same period of time. And the third one, though, instead of showing, like, the night of them fighting and getting killed and stuff, it shows just, like, them, like, talking to each other online, Screw and, and, and Derek, <laughs> and, like, oh, you know, I really like you. Oh, I really like you, too. And it shows him, like, going to the store. And, like, so you get, like, more of a character progression okay. of them as normal people. And what actually happened is... Okay, so in the first movie, it ends with him not killing all the aliens in the house, and you don't know why. The second movie, I forgot to tell you about that. The second movie ends with her not getting killed and us not knowing why. And then the third movie, it ends with one night, his military unit goes into her house. He sees the message board up on her computer and sees that he's in love with an alien and didn't know. And so he doesn't kill her. Wow. And convinces his guys that there's nobody left and exits. So we don't know what's in the in the future what the future holds for Screo and Derek okay but uh, um, we do see that he's been killing all these aliens that they that he thought were evil but it turns out that they're not evil and that's proven by his relationship with her and so it's this whoa what okay wow that's ri- I'm actually damn I thought I had you when you <laughs> told me the first two movies I was like oh I totally got this but that was a really good wraparound on the third movie yeah. And totally different genres that all fit together yep. into one story. Yeah. And I like how they all take place and they all cover the same events. Mm. Dang. Okay. <sighs> My trilogy of movies. First movie's called Townsburg. Townsburg. That's a good title. It's located in a place called Townsburg. And this one is a very emotional drama. It's about a little boy named Johnny. He's an orphan, and he lives in an orphanage, and he's picked on by a lot of the other kids. Um, So he starts getting angry, and the one thing he does is, in the middle of the night, he sneaks out of his room where he's supposed to be and goes down when there's no adults awake or anything like that, and he watches movies. The only thing that's on really late that night are really bad horror movies. So the rage he feels, it's kind of an outlet being able to see the horror movies and all of these slasher movies and stuff of people killing them, so... It just kind of, like, controls him, but he's just angry at the world, has no one to support him. It's just a really bad condition. He does this night after night. So he's kind of being raised by horror movies, but at the same time, that's, like, his outlet for a lot of the things. He relates to them more than anything else Precisely. Because you see these misunderstood creatures that usually have a backstory and goes on these killing sprees. All right. A family finally adopts little Johnny, and... They start trying to connect with him, but he's very distant, and they realize that he likes these movies, and instead of judging him for it and turning him off, the family starts watching him with him, and they start talking about the movies. And so he starts uh, kind of coming out of his shell a little bit, and it's about him discovering himself, and that people do love him, and he does have value. And then at the end of the first movie, someone breaks into the house and winds up killing his parents. And Johnny is left alone again. Ooh. That's so sad. It's this really family sad. that really saved him dies. I can see how this could become like a, a revenge movie. Is that the second movie? Second movie. 
Townsburg 2, Johnny B. Bad. Johnny B. Bad. Is a horror movie. <laughs> is a horror movie. Okay. About young Johnny, who basically picks up right after that, and he his whole reality is just destroyed. The one people he felt like he could trust that took him in. They put him back in the orphanage. And now he's getting a little bit older. No one really wants to adopt an older kid. So what he does is he starts sneaking out at night and reliving these horror movies that he's been seeing, becoming Ooh. these this killer. Ooh. But because it's so ingrained in him, the kills are very specific. Because he feels like that there's a certain type of person to be killed. So it's almost like a copycat killer. Each one is a copycat killing for like his favorite kills in movies that uh, he's watched? Pretty much, yeah. So, of course, that winds up being... So, but the being... victim has to be, like, the victim in the movie? Precisely. Okay. So, these being bad horror movies, he picks out attractive girls with poor moral choices. Yep. Uh, <laughs> minorities. As well as, <laughs> you know, like, the kids who smoke and do all that kind of stuff. So, really, he's eliminating all these people Does and leaving take... a town of awkward girls and awkward guys. And this takes place modern day, pretty much? Modern day, yeah. Okay, okay. Mine's a little bit in the future, by the way. Okay. Okay. No. No way. With the aliens and sci-fi? Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, it gets to the end of the movie, and Johnny's finally found out, and he's killed, and he dies. And the town holds a huge memorial, because really it's a tragic story of Johnny, and they uh, Johnny name the school's teams and mascot the Townsburg Johnnies. Oh, so so and even though he killed all these people, it's more of like a tragedy the story and the okay. tragedy of it, uh, okay. and he gets killed, and the town is left with very. Is there few... any mystery, or does everyone know? Okay, no John one knows it's really family. him, but then they find him out towards the end. He starts getting a little bit more daring with his yeah, kills. Yeah. Starts doing okay. it during daytime. All right, he gets killed, shot down by the police. End of that movie. I like that. I like that so far. Townsburg 3 is a sports inspirational movie. What? How does it have to do with the other two? Well, turns out Townsburg is known for having a really good basketball team. Okay. Okay, and it's all about how they took a year off of basketball after the dreadful killings from Johnny, and now the Townsburg Johnnies are coming back onto the scene. Only problem is... Not a lot of kids in school. There's not. So it's about a basketball team comprised of a lot of white people who try to go to the championship strictly through layups and three-point shots. Because all the black people are dead because Johnny but yeah, killed all the minorities. All the minorities. He killed them all. That's so perfect. it's about this awkward, oh, this basketball team of awkward <laughs> white kids who aren't super athletic. Trying to win the day through layups and three and free throw shots, and uh, they wind up getting all the way up to the national championship, and the town's behind them. They're all behind them, and they wind up losing at the buzzer at the very end for the championships. Oh. But they proved something that day: that even a team of misfits can still get there. You know, it's like in Rocky, they went the distance. Hmm. They didn't win, but they, they went fought. the distance. They fought the good fight. Precisely. That's a, okay, that's more of a traditional trilogy, and they're all different genres. That's cool. I see, see like, you were the one who made it up, so you had a better understanding of what you wanted I to do. I love yours, your because mind. it's like separate movies, and then boom, there's a third. And I they're like, like spiritual, and then the third goes, oh, by the way, 
all connected. Well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, because when you watch the two first movies, you you know, okay, so the first one was them killing these aliens. The second one is why they're killing the aliens, because the aliens are killing everybody. Yeah. And then you find out, and the third one, it's totally off, you know, it, to- yeah. it seems totally different at first. But then you find out that the, the aliens were actually the ones being killed in the second movie, which I really like. Because we've talked about this before, the idea of having a, a movie where everyone's killing the bad guys and you're like, yeah, and then a horror movie right behind it where it turns out the bad guys weren't actually bad and we're yeah. the bad guys. And I really like the idea of that. So that was where I first went when you told me about this. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, by some stroke of genius, I guess by the the need of having to have a different genre for the third yeah. movie is why that kind of all came together. That was really that. good. I was really surprised by that. I've been excited to pitch that to you because ever since <laughs> you told it to me, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't wait for him. Okay, so the reason why this is a challenge is because now we're going to put a basic plot summary up on our website and probably on Facebook as well. And anyone who has listened to this, you'll be able to go on and check and vote on who came up with the better trilogy. And then on our next episode, we will reveal the winner. And we Ooh, will be able to have a little patch of pride. You're not, we're not getting any sort of actual like trophy or reward no, That would or cost money. Yeah. Yeah, we're broke. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Hence our fancy backdrop of aluminum blinds. Yeah. Okay, so they vote. Hopefully we get votes. And then we'll get one votes. of us wins. That's exciting. Yeah. So, so there's that. Townsburg 1, 2, and 3. Townsburg, that's great. Yep, good old Townsburg. Well, Townsburg to Johnny B. Bad. That's really funny. <laughs> I'm glad you like that. I really like it. I feel bad for Johnny. I, uh, I, uh, and I like that it it caps off with like a like the first one's really sad and a tragedy. Really, the yeah. second one's like a a good horror movie, but still sad. You yeah. Know? And then the the third one is like a feel good movie. Like, yeah. hey, we can we get can, motivated, man. Rally what, around. I want to live in Townsburg. What kind of city takes this incredible, terrible circumstance and flips it around into this amazing you know, positive thing? Yeah. yeah, no town. The Johnnies, the 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 Townsburg the, Johnnies, the, the jo- Townsburg Johnnies <laughs> in their basketball game. <laughs> And their team of white guys. That's so great. Oh, man, that's funny. This was fun. This was this, fun. We need to do this more. It was really challenging, and it was fun, yeah. so we need to come up with some more. And that was a good challenge, and yeah. that will kind of wrap it up for our show. Um, I, I learned a lot. I learned that I think going forward, I think you're going to talk about things on more of an emotional connection. Uh, you seem to do things with a very emotional aspect to it. In terms of your list, the plot twists, oh, yeah. you're all kind of how you were emotionally impacted. Well, I impacted. just personal with that because I didn't, yeah. you know, I, it's really hard to say one plot twist is better than another. So I kind of had to like, that's just how I justify yeah. it. Like, I looked internally and I looked in terms of scope of different movies. Yeah. Stuff. That's just kind of how I look at things. So it's pretty interesting. Do you have any parting thoughts about the show? Uh, I would just say, again, check out the the blog spot, www. Uh, filmnark. Filmnark.blogspot.com. Uh, that's what, you know, we're, this is going to be bi weekly, so in between, we're going to be doing movie reviews and, and articles. And, sort of and, and the episode will be up on there. Also, hopefully, we'll be able to get it up on uh, YouTube soon. And I might even make those available on our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, which would be nice. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I uh, want you to have an absolutely great day. There's going to be plenty more to come um, 
from a great show. Uh, yeah, so we're excited to talk about movies. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs>